All right, and welcome to Everyone's a Critic. I'm your host, Johnny Gill, with my co-host, Sean Ellis. Sean, say what's up to the people. What's up, everybody? All right, episode 173. We're going to recap week eight, uh, our 7 o'clock game. We had Free versus the Agents. Free was able to get the win 112 to 92. They covered uh, my early uh, pick spread. Uh, Zoe Ellis led the way with 31 points. Uh, 11 rebounds, uh, absolutely dominating fashion. Uh, the agents really, really didn't stand a chance uh, from jump. Um, but this game was about Brandon McGusty. I thought, uh, you know, Zoe, him doing 31-11, that was cool. But Brandon McGusty, uh, he was the key uh, to victory for them, uh, finishing with 24, 15 uh, rebounds and five assists with a team-high uh, 37.7 PPR, and he shot it extremely efficiently, uh, 11 for 16 from the field. He was the key. Uh, he had several offensive rebounds, keeping the uh, possessions alive and really just putting the agents away because the game was nip and tuck early. Uh, but then the agents slowly but surely uh, did what they needed. I'm sorry, the uh, the Bullets did what they needed to do to, to pull away late. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it was to, to shout out to the agents for – uh, making it a fight early, uh, but you know, free was just too powerful, uh, and they just warmed down. It was a big, believe it or not, for people who won at the game, it was a close game for three quarters. Uh, free never was able to really just break too far ahead. Uh, but like I said, once the fourth quarter came, the they just that's when the firepower really kicked in. They just that's why like it's, it's important to have depth. Because you could deal with whatever you could whatever they hit you with early, but by the time the fourth quarter comes around, that depth just catches up with you. And then, you know, we're not even bringing up like Andrew's stat, stat line or Eddie McKinney's stat line because you don't have to because of their depth. Don't be such a who does what he does. And obviously, Brandon Modesti, I mean, he was just lights out. Uh, 37.7 PPR, 24 points, 15 rebounds, five assists, just lights out. Uh, I think I only had two turnovers, mm-hmm. two skills. Um, so, yeah, by the time we even get to Eddie and Andrew, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, they, they, they just, you know, the game's already won with those two stat lines alone. So, Freeze um, looking really good. They got their 8-0. It's the first time they've gone 8-0 in a fairly competitive league to a pretty competitive league. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, this is actually pretty impressive what they're doing right now. They go 8-0, and now – they're going to face these guys again next week. So, well, this week. So, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and, and I don't think the agents, not that they're, you know, a great scouting team, but I don't think that they uh they plan for Brandon McGusty to go 24-15. Um, I think that their focus was more so on Andrew and Zoe and probably Eddie McKissick. But, you know, when, when Brand, uh, Brandon's able to dominate the game like that, I don't, I, you really have no shot at all. No. And, and like I said, that just goes to their depth. Uh, not to mention, you know, Kendrick hasn't played, and uh, what's my guy's name? Um, oh, God. Uh, Ronnie? Uh, Glenn. Oh, Jordan Glenn, Glenn. Yeah, Jordan he, Glenn. He, yeah, he hasn't played. So, like, they're just deep, man. They're just going to be hard for anybody to beat. It is what it is. Yeah. All right. Uh, our second game of the night, we had, um, what was the second game? Hold on, let's pull it up. I forgot already. Was the team chosen? Yeah, 
Yeah, it was a uh, what's the name? Uh, Fire and Ice. Fire. Oh yeah, my team. My team. Why am I trying to? Why am I? Why am I trying to play dumb? Why am I trying to play dumb? <laughs> Fire and Ice and uh ten day contract. Uh, Fire and Ice was able to get the win, seventy nine sixty six. Uh, they pulled away late. Game was very very close. We actually were winning in the first half. Um, playing well, but uh, you know, the third quarter has been our Achilles heel all season, and uh, you know, we, we Nick got cold in the second half. And uh, we were un- unfortunately we were unable to uh, to pull away. Um, I-, I believe our problem is two things. Number one, we have we've been had we've been playing with five players. That's number one. So you know when you're asking Nick and Prince to shoot fifty two times combined a game, you're asking for trouble. Not saying that they're not capable scorers, but you're you're expending a lot of energy on offense. So it's not balanced. When you have Anthony, when you have uh, Ian. Uh, when you have those type of guys it thrown in the mix, then you're like, okay, you know, you, that, that cuts down their shooting attempts. Nick probably shoot about 17 times. Prince shoot about 15 to 14 shots. That's a little bit more feasible, and that gives us a better shot uh, to, to be in these games. Because a game like that we played uh, last week, that type of game called for uh, patience and, you know, energy. We just didn't have it. Like, they were gassed. And, uh, you know, even though it was a valiant effort, it just wasn't enough. And look at the uh, shot. Look yeah. at the shot distribution. JD sixteen, Brian twelve, Christian sixteen, Joe ten, and I mean Kojo got some up twenty four. But that's more balanced. You got you got five guys that took between fifteen shots. Well, right. Well, well, close to you know double figure shots. Double figure shots. Yeah, that's five guys that took double figure shots. Yeah, uh, I mean, like you're right, and their shot distribution is key to what they do, and they end up getting, I think. If you look at it, they got six more shots than you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they shot terrible from the three, but they were very effective on the inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and so they were god awful from three. But again, like I said, everything on the inside they they made. Um, and you guys, like I said, you just ran out of. No, we wasn't no better from the three. We shot, we shot, we shot eighteen <laughs> percent. We wasn't no better. <laughs> <laughs> we wasn't no better. And I think a little more so because you guys just had less. So if you look at. And please don't pick this us, Sean. Game, Please don't pick yeah. us. <laughs> 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 uh, but but yeah, this game was game was like two and a half, three quarters. I think it was a well played game. You guys, even in the fourth quarter, you guys did, you know, make a run. You guys made a run to try to get yourself back in the game, but you know it just wasn't enough. They they kind of pushed us far ahead, and then I think we guys just running out of juice down the stretch. You couldn't do enough to get ahead. Mm-hmm. All right, the the nine o'clock game we had team chosen versus Kings of the North. Uh, Kings of the North was able to dominate uh, from start to finish and get the win uh, over team chosen. This was a stat game galore um, between Carl 
and T Beatty and Gino was no slouch either. They absolutely dominated uh, Team Chosen. T Beatty on the defensive end set a league record with eight blocks. He also had seven steals to go along with 17 points and 17 rebounds. Believe it or not, uh, spoiler alert, that was not enough uh, to get the player of the week, which is insane. Uh, Carl Garcia uh, finished the game with 33 and uh, 13 points to go along with eight assists. Uh, he, had, he hadn't been feeling well. I couldn't tell. That was a flu game if I've ever seen one. Um, you know, 15 of 25 shooting from the field. Uh, he just the only thing he struggled with was the free throws and the three point shot. But the mid range and getting to you know to the cup, there really wasn't anything anybody could do with him. And then Gino was just a super efficient, uh, scoring at will um, for for Kings of the North and uh, and enabling them to get the win. But um, you know, team chosen. I mean, they didn't. I don't think they played a horrible game. I don't think they did. They just couldn't get any stops. And it, you know, um, between Jalen and and Tedrick, uh, you know carrying the scoring load they just really didn't get a whole lot of uh, offensive production from anyone else I mean I thought Randy was solid uh, but you know Randy's not a he's not a dominant scorer that he probably could be uh, and probably should be but he, he just hasn't been yeah and I think uh, I mean it said Tom early when I think uh, T. Beatty got the couple blocks on him early mm-hmm. he was a little hesitant a little gunshot around the rim that I've never seen him before Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was like pump faking when he was still going straight up, yeah. Uh, and that's why like shot blockers are like so key in like throughout basketball history. Like they've always been like people always pick uh defensive, uh, defensive centers as their uh, stalwarts to start their team in the mm-hmm. past. Not so much now, obviously, but in the past that's what was the way to go because they affect the game that way. Basically, you know, team chosen. They, I ain't gonna say they were afraid to get to the rim, but after T. Beatty was dominant, so dominant on the inside early defensively, they they just it, it was a struggle. So everything had to come from the perimeter then. And the thing about jump shooting is like jump shooting comes and goes. Like people don't usually shoot well throughout a game a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I think yeah. So when you can't get buckets on the inside and you're not playing inside out. It's just rough, and they couldn't get the buckets on the inside because of what T. Beatty was doing defensively. I think T. Beatty one 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 of his strengths is that uh, his patience on defense. He's he's not one of those guys that will try to block every shot, but he will contest every shot. And if he sees that he has a chance to block it, he will. How many shots do you think he altered? If you combine blocks with altered shots, how many think he did uh, that night? I would say at least twenty. I mean, between him blocking eight. He probably has somewhere probably between 15, 16, 17 shots. You know, it's just yeah. He he's truly dominant on the defensive end. I mean, then he got his hands on uh on the ball a lot. Uh, steals got seven steals. Yeah, it, it was just. I mean, I don't know. It's the best defensive game I've seen. I'd have to say ever for me because if you can, it might be it might be ever in ultimate hoops at least on this side of town. Yeah, because uh, you, you got to think about the blocks and steals. Like it's what like yeah. you we see some ten steal games. We see some games where people have a bunch of blocks, but never have I seen both. Yeah, yeah, it, it was vintage Hakeem Olajuwon type stuff going on. I guess mm-hmm. uh, defensively for him, and then like I said, what ends up happening is because like we kind of forget offensively they started kind of slow. Yeah. But his defense and getting them out of transition because he's getting blocked and steals started their offense. And he uh, took off. That's when the offense kind of started uh, getting going once he kind of got them going defensively. 
and team can feel it too. So it was, it was a good game. Uh, we keep talking about him, but yeah, Carl, excellent game. T. Beatty, Smitty came in, gave some good minutes off the bench. Yeah, Smitty was uh, good too. Can't yeah, yeah, uh, so, he was. He was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I mean, it was a good team win for them, and like I said, they had to be the good team all season. And uh, this isn't the best version of team chosen, but I think it was still a good win for Kings of North going into the playoffs. And yeah. I think that might have been creeping, some doubt creeping in that can we beat one of these good teams? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I think it's it a really good win for them. Yeah. Okay, and the final game of the night, uh, the Bullets versus Boo Gang. Bullets finally in the curse uh, with what, Boo Gang winning 99-83. Uh, BJ, who we'll talk about in our next segment, finished the game 33-16-5-5. BJ, um, he did say that, you know, in the postgame interview, guys are sleeping on his defense. He says he's put he puts in the work on the defensive end, and, uh, you know, guys need to take notice of his efforts. Um this was a big game for the Bullets because I believe that the seeding was teetering a little bit. Could have uh, could have changed some things as far as uh, where they ended up because so many teams finished five and three, and um, and there was no ISO Johnny, so BJ had to you know he had to fill a role, um, and you know Jalen made his debut, um, but the Bullets absolutely looked uh, you know they looked sharp, uh, just a point shy of, uh, of of cracking the century mark, and I think they went they went for it. What the last three shots all missed all of them, right? They had a chance at it, but I mean, hey, you, you can't get everything, right? Yeah, I mean, for them, I think it was a pretty good, efficient game for them. It was a, a clean game, they kind of got out of there with no injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they did enough, uh, and they played well together. Uh, usually, like when you see somebody have like a dominant scoring game like that, like a BJ did. Uh, you kind of think like, okay, he's taking some ill-advised shots, some bad shots, but everything seemed to be in the flow of what was needs to be done uh, in that particular game. And not to mention, they have the the stench of losing to boot game last game of the season and affecting their <laughs> right their playoff seating for the last two seasons. So they definitely needed this win, uh, just kind of get that stench off of them. They didn't beat them in the playoffs last year, which is huge for them. Um, but yeah, they 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 definitely didn't want to play these guys a third straight uh, finale and, and lose to them. So um, shout out to them to kind of close the show and get things done uh, like they need to. You know, um, and look, Bukay played pretty well at, at points in this game too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it wasn't like it was given to him by any means. Uh, Devere played well uh, in his return. Mm-hmm. Sean played fairly well, uh, and it just and Mudge played well. Um, they just could not get over the hump. They could never quite get over the hump against the Bulls. They made runs, get the lead down to five or six points, and could never quite get over the hump to where they were to able to take the lead or really um, put the real pressure on them. So, mm-hmm. shout out to the uh, Bullets, you know, because, you know, we kind of mess with them all the time. They, this is the third straight season. Well, no, I think they went four and four one season, and they won five and three, <laughs> the other two. So, <laughs> for whatever reason, they, they're always in that four and four, five and three range. After they start off three and three and oh, four and oh, whatever the heck it is. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it is. If it's a, a concentration thing, a focus thing for them, but uh, they close the season like they need to close it. Yeah. And it's for whatever reason, they always finish five and three, too. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, let's move on to our next segment. 
All right, time for our player of the week. We got Mr. BJ Jacob. Uh, 33 points, 15 rebounds. Sorry, 16 rebounds. I want to short him. Uh, five assists and five steals. Uh, what stood out the most of you from his performance? Because I was honestly shocked. I thought um, I thought T. Beatty was going to win this, but I guess it's all it's a popularity contest because clearly uh, I think he finished with only like 16% of the votes. So I'm not sure what happened there. Maybe uh, maybe Kings of the North didn't vote, but uh, BJ dominated the poll. I think he finished with like 40, 48%, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, and don't get me wrong, T-Bay's game was, he had a monster game. It's called what it is. He had a monster game. But I told you, though, after that game, I said, hey. It's going to be close. That line looked real good. Yeah, you, you said it was going to be close. And it came yeah. down to them. And uh, I said, that line looked real, real good. And, I think with him, uh, I think the defense, I think he is right. He has, he does defend. Usually guys who are kind of uh, guys and scores like that, uh, they don't defend, but they can defend. Even if he's fouling, he's defending. Yeah. The fact that he's putting that effort in on the defense is, is, is key. Uh, but like I said, like I tell you, kind of the same way I talk about Johnny and a few other guys, he just scores very effortlessly. <laughs> like, it's not like he's even trying. It, 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 he is trying. It doesn't make it doesn't any sense look, how he'd be scoring, though. Yeah, it, it doesn't look like he's trying a lot of times. And he's doing these moves. He's going in this bag of all these different finishes, off one foot, left foot, right foot, floater, left-hand finish. He has all these different finishes that I know he doesn't work on. He just can do it, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just kind of, cause like the shots that he takes, sometimes I'm like, you don't practice shots like that. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> no, you just, you don't practice shots like that. You know, you just kind of, you know, he kind of does it. Uh, and he just scores her effortless. And I think this might be his first ever player of the week. He's had some big games with us. I think this might be his first ever player of the week, though. Yeah. Um, I know when he was with 40 boys, he had some great games. So I'd yeah. have to go back and look. Yeah. But yeah, uh, big shout out to him because you know he's been showing up. Uh, and, like I said, the biggest thing with BJ is showing up. I was about to say, like, is he going to show up for the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like something always comes up. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we might need to call him actually after I got fun with you. <laughs> You're right, just just to confirm. Just confirm, but yeah, I mean, you know, when he shows up, he's magnificent. Uh, so. Like I said, I expect a big playoff run from him. Uh, he needs a playoff run. I don't ever think he's had a playoff run. Has he even played in the playoffs before? Playoff. Well, he might not even play in the playoffs. I don't think he's ever played in the playoffs. I think he has. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> we'll have to go back and look. He hasn't, man. I ain't want to say it, but he hasn't. He hasn't played in the playoffs, right? His team has made the playoffs. Yeah, because I got everything right here. 40 boys. He plays seven games. Semifinals, zero, 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 zero. <laughs> Winter, quarterfinals, zero, 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 zero. <laughs> Boot game, he only played five games. He stopped coming. And then there's this season. He's never played in a playoff game. Interesting. Uh. Uh, maybe he's scared, man. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> don't tell him that. <laughs> but, but shout out to him. Play of the week, man. He had a missed game. So shout out to him again. Okay, let's move on to our next topic.
All right, time for our predictions. All right, so the 7 o'clock game, we have uh, Free versus the Agents. That should be interesting. Um, who actually shows up for the Agents, I guess we should say. Uh, free. Uh, they're a heavy favorite right now. I don't even need to do uh, the over and under. I'm just going to do the spread and um, and my prediction. So I'm going to set the line at minus 16. I believe uh, I believe Free will cover that, and I'm going to say Free wins. Um, just because of the playoff game, I don't think scoring is necessarily, you know, the uh, the priority. So I'm going to say they win 92 to uh, 72. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's um, what I got, man. That's what I got. I mean, it's a playoff game, man, so I got to give some benefit of the doubt, right? You, all, you always do, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go 91-83. I'm going to think uh, Isaiah's going to show up big and, and, you know, give him one last push. Uh, and then, you know, I think they just probably end up running out of gas down the stretch, kind of similar to what they did in the past week. It could be over so very, very quick. Okay. Uh second game of the night, Kings of the North versus Boot Gang. Um I'm gonna set the line at about five for Kings of the North. Um I'm gonna say Kings of the North gets the win. Uh 85 to 73. Sean, <laughs> so don't do it. Just tell you now, don't do it. <laughs> hey, man, look. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure I put your name next to that one. Because <laughs> that was not me. I, just have a, I have a feeling about this. And I'm not trying to give them any bulletin board, you know, material for Kings of the North. But I want to give. Yeah, if if they have their big with DeVere, now granted, you know, look, Carl, Gino, uh, T Baby, that's a lot to deal with. But I think if Bougain shoots the ball, like Bougain is capable of shooting the ball, and it all comes down to shooting with them. When they shoot the ball well, they're hard to beat. I agree. And, and, and if they come out shooting the ball well with their big in the middle to kind of contain, it's not going to contain T. Beatty, but he does keep T. Beatty from starting to break just by him being big. Right. <laughs> just having big people out there sometimes. Stops a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I think they might be able to score enough if they are shooting well to pull out a win. Because we we've seen kind of Kings of North Carolina have these little drops offensively. Well, they they might want to they might want to pull their big out to the perimeter then if they're gonna do that because if you got him in the paint then you got T Beatty in the paint rim protecting. Yeah, it's just not a good it's idea. Just, it's, gonna, it's gonna be interesting, man. It really is. It's gonna be interesting. Okay. I, 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 I'm gonna go 85-82. If they shoot the ball well, and that's a big deal. Yeah, deal. that is big. If they shoot the ball well, I'm gonna go 85-82 full game. All right. Uh, Fire Nights versus Ten Day Contract nine o'clock game. I'm going to set the spread at about four and a half for uh, Fire and Ice. And I'm going to say, I'm not going to pick anybody for this game. I don't want, I don't want no parts of this. Because last time I picked uh, Fire and Ice, I was right. <laughs> and I don't want to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the easy pick. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean and, I, you know, and it's all contingent on who shows up for us as well. I think that that plays a role. But. I don't know who's coming, so I'm, I'm I don't want no parts of this pick. I mean, look, I picked y'all last time, and so I'm gonna go fire and ice this time. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's weird, like I guess yeah, you guys are, and and the agents are free to play back to back weeks against the same team, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, the the advantage you guys do have though is the scouting report, right? So, Scout report, y'all kind of know what they do well, what they don't do well, and they might not necessarily know what y'all do well and don't do well because y'all didn't have Ant and Ian playing this past mm-hmm. week. So if don't both those guys show up, I mean, I think it could be interesting. But with that being said, fire nice here. Uh, and we've never seen Ian play against against Big Joe. Yeah, you know what? We we have never that'd be an interesting matchup. And we've been we've been saying that we want to see that for a long time because Joe wasn't when Joe was playing, Ian wasn't there. When Ian was playing, Joe wasn't there. And now they're both here, and then Ian got hurt. So we never got to see that matchup. That's a dream matchup. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Uh, two sandwiches, man. There's right. A lot, a lot going on right there. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have a low score. Seventy-eight, seventy-four. Fire nice. Okay. And I said it was four and a half? Yeah. So they'll, so they'll cover. No, they won't cover. They won't cover. Okay. Fire and ice. Says Sean. Four and a half. Okay. And the 10 o'clock game, uh, the Bullets versus the defending champs, Team Chosen. Um, I'm going to set... The line at two and a half for the bullets. Actually, I'm gonna make it one and a half. I'm gonna say one and a half bullets. And I'm gonna pick the bullets to win the game. I just think uh I think Team Chosen is just, you know, they hit a wall and I don't know if they're gonna be able to get out of it. But I'm gonna pick them to win um 85-79. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna go the bullets, which will end up leading them to a second round matchup. Um, with free, right? That was their, a good one. With, with their with their nemesis, uh, well, no, actually, that would make them into a second round matchup with the uh, with free, with free, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, I'm gonna go the Bullets, which will be dethroning, so which means we'll have a new champion for mm-hmm. this season. It will not be a back-to-back champion. Which I mean, I don't have it. Well, I guess Free has more back-to-back champs in Cyprus with the first story. And Kings of the North. But, would they back back I guess so. I guess so. I, I don't know if you really want to call them back to back because it's like a couple of years to the season, but something like that. I think they won back to back, yeah. Well, they won one with, uh, well, oh, yeah, never mind. That was one. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it, yeah. it, it, it was a break. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I'm a, but yeah, again, so, but I, I don't see a back to back champion this season. Um, and I'm going to go the Bullets being team chosen in an entertaining game, by the way. I think it'll be very entertaining. Mm. 93 to 87. 93-87. We both got it at six. Bullets. All right. And that's your pick. And what did I say the spread was? I said one and a half? Mm-hmm. One and a half. All right. All right, let's move on to our final topic of the night. All right, time for our final topic of the night. Uh, the betting segment returns. Uh, we're just going to focus on just a, a little quick three-leg parlay here. Um, now, if you guys want to build off this, I'm going to give you three three genius game picks right here for you. Um now, just to recap, last week, I was four out of five. All my other ones were spot on, except for Texas A&M, which I don't think anybody saw coming. Uh, Texas a and I didn't pick them to win, but I thought it was going to be high scoring. I mean, can you guys blame me for that? But if you look at all my other picks, everything was spot on. I told you, Akron, uh, that game was going to be under. I said, uh, I said the Ohio State game was going to be under. I was right about that. And I can't remember the other two picks, but I was right about those. But Adam was the only one I got wrong. So forgive me, guys, for not being perfect. <laughs> now, now, uh, but I'm pretty damn good, I got to say. Um, now, this week is going to be a little quick three-leg parlay. Um, and I'll tell you, my college over and unders have been spot on. I've been getting them right, uh, left and right. But let me tell you, when it comes to the NFL, I can't pick over and unders for nothing. I'm not, I'm not doing that no more. I'm just going to do player props on the NFL. Now, um, first one, uh, Georgia versus South Carolina, uh, 52 points. I would say take the over on that because I believe South Carolina will score enough points along with Georgia. Georgia's definitely going to put some points up. You saw how many points they put up against uh, Oregon, so I know uh, they're going to put some points up against South Carolina along with South Carolina maybe getting you like 10 to 13 points. So definitely take the over on that one. Uh, Michigan versus UConn. The spread is set at 46. I don't really pick spread games. I like to pick over and under or a money line, but this is a no-brainer. Uh, Michigan will easily cover against UConn. UConn is garbage. They can't guard anybody. Um, they're definitely going to give up a 46-point lead for sure, for sure. Um, so take the spread on that one. That's an easy come up because I think the money line is like something ridiculous. That's not going to get you anything. Uh, and finally, Oklahoma versus Nebraska. The spread is set at uh, 11 and a half. That's another easy spread game. I, like I said, I'm not a fan of spreads, but Nebraska, garbage. Uh, a lot of people suffered that loss 
uh, opening college football week, uh, Nebraska losing to Northwestern, and they have not won a game since. They stink. So Oklahoma will definitely cover 11.5. I say they win by 28. Take the spread. Oklahoma Sooners. Easy three yeah. legs right there. You might even you might even better put some money on that one. And uh you, you should definitely win. Again, the people that have a problem gambling, don't listen to this segment. I know it's I know we're a little late. I, I kind of finished my whole parlay, but don't listen to this. Okay, go ahead, Sean. <laughs> Only one that I might disagree with you on is the first one, the Georgia, South Carolina. And this is why. Okay. Georgia defense is so good that I'm not sure South Carolina would be able to score. Has Georgia, Georgia, given, Georgia hasn't given up any points yet. Huh? Oh, they did to uh, Oregon. Yeah, Georgia. Now, Oregon isn't quite Oregon from five years ago. Yeah. But Oregon has historically been known to be able to score. Mm-hmm. Georgia shut them down 49-3. Yeah. And then backdoor and played Sanford next week and beat them 33-0. So I'm going to say this much. I'm not going to... And, and look, as I say that, Oregon just scored seven. That grand they played Eastern Washington. All right, Oregon just scored seventy against Eastern Washington. Oh, so they Georgia back. They did three points. So they back now. <laughs> At least yeah, they, right, they think right, they they think they right. back. Right. Georgia held them three points. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say. Actually, Georgia scoring like forty something. But they might be South Carolina forty something to zero or forty something to three, forty something to six. Mm. You know, so I I, I would take the under uh, on that fifty two. It, it, it's going to be close though. I do. It's going to be close. I think Georgia's going to put up points. They are going to put up points. Sa- I don't know if South Carolina's going to score though. Like just see how dominant that Georgia defense is again this year. After yeah. how did dominant they were last year. It's been pretty amazing. So, uh, and I think that they've been so good that, yeah, I think they I think they jumped Alabama for number one, if I'm not mistaken. They should have. Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, they're yeah. number one now. Yeah. So, I think, yeah, I think Georgia's like number two or three going into last week. And I think they jumped Alabama to number one after uh, Alabama's game against Texas this past week. So, they look dominant defensively. Um, so, I, yeah, I would take the under on that game. Uh, but the other two I kind of agree with you with. You said Michigan and who? And UConn. They're trash. Yeah, I agree with that one. Yeah. And Nebraska, trash. We saw that ourselves. Yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah. So the only one that I'm a little nervous about, and South Carolina's not great either, but mm. that's kind of the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Since they're not great, uh, Considering that Oregon just scored seventy last week and they couldn't score against Georgia at all, mm-hmm. they tell you how dominant that Georgia defense is. So I, I'm a, I'm gonna definitely say, I'm gonna take the under on that Georgia South Carolina game because I'm not sure they're gonna be able to get to two points combined. Mm. Well, I feel confident because I, you know, it just seems like those teams. Uh, and they they got the spread set at twenty four and a half. So you think they they should take the spread there? Yes, they should take the spread, which is crazy to think about. But yes, they should take. Well, the, take the well it seems like that would be an easier task than, you know, you know, because it seems like fifty two points is asking a lot because they're not going to surrender very many points. Right. 
They're they're, they're, they're on the road. Score, yeah. But I just don't know if they're going to score 52 points by themselves. Right. They're they're on the road. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's the only thing I'm like maybe South Carolina can catch up slipping on a player too. Uh maybe late, you know when they put the the backups in, maybe they might give up a touchdown or a field goal or something. But right. um I don't know. I might still I, I I it looking at the spread it does seem like that one would be easier for South Carolina, but though, it's something about those road games that it's just like I don't trust it. They can mess around and win by twenty three, you know, and then I'm gonna be pissed and I'm just like, nah, I'm just take the o-. if I take the over, then that that covers South Carolina getting those points that I didn't see coming. In. But if I pick the spread and they don't win by that, that makes me even more mad, especially <laughs> especially with a parlay. Like it's done. Like all right, I gotta do another one. <laughs> like it's, it's over. But if you pick that, if you pick the over on the points. Again, like you said, they could shut them down and then they don't score no points. And they haven't scored 50 this year. But right, I'm just like, right. I think I say over just because simply they're on the road. Um, you know, Georgia's been at home and that first game was basically quote-unquote a home game. So maybe they might come in an environment where, you know, South Carolina might be a little hype early and, you know, get a unnecessary, uh, get a touchdown, unexpected touchdown that no one was, no one saw coming. So, right, right, right. I'm going like, to so they're, they're home, so things happen. Uh, home game, like me and you have been a part of it where uh, a home team did some despicable stuff and ended up messed up our parlay. So Ooh. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> that reminds me. <laughs> uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if, like, maybe they got early touchdown, you know what I'm saying, when the juice is kind of flowing. But, yeah. I mean, that, that Georgia defense looks so dominant, man. I just don't know. Yeah. Okay, well. We'll 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 see how that unfolds, but I'm I'm gonna ride with that three, y'all. Uh, either way, you know maybe you can put another ticket in and pick the spread on the other one. But trust me, that UConn and uh, Nebraska, what's up? That's easy. <laughs> that's easy. So maybe you can do one with the spread and one with the over under. But that those other two are locks, like guaranteed locks. So, uh, episode one seventy three in the books. Um. We got our playoffs coming on Wednesday. Then we got semifinals on Thursday. Uh, the championship will conclude the following week, and then we are headed to the offseason. Uh, episode 174, um, we're going to pick that up next week. We might not have, yeah, we might not have an episode for a while. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, we'll do 174 over the weekend, I guess. Yeah, so we got, we got, we got 174 because of the uh, championship final. Yeah, so. Uh, Episode one seventy five might be a little bit of a wait, but uh, one seventy four yeah. we'll we'll have it coming soon. All right, uh, live via cell phone. I'm sh- uh, I'm Johnny Gill with Sean Ellis. We're out.